Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Today, I would like to talk about the issue of the family. Let me read the scripture. I do not think I will be able to finish the whole sermon because it's a long message. So I will continue next Sunday. Psalm chapter 128, verses 1 to 6. The whole passage here, six verses, talk about the issue of family. A song of essence. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. This is the man, bless who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem, and may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We believe, Father, that your Holy Spirit will be the best teacher for us. Therefore, today, anoint us with your Holy Spirit. Teach us. Open our eyes to understand the light of your word. Open our ears to hear what the Spirit of God wants to say. Open our heart to receive the manna from heaven so that we can put it into practice. That will be the house on the rock. That we will be people who are wise, who hear the word and put into practice, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We believe, Father, that your word will not go in vain today, but it will produce fruit, will produce outcome in our life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Statistics tell us that at least 50% of people who are listening to this preaching right now may be participants in a broken family or a family that does not have happiness and success. And I'm one of them. I came from a, quite a broken home. My dad and my mom did not get along very well. So I grew up in a broken home myself. The issue of family is important to me because I don't want to see that repeat again in our church or in the world. At least half of the people in our society have faced divorces after marriage. Marriage and in divorces. Half of the children in our nation partially know what it is to have a dad in the home because they were raised by a single mom. The dad just disappeared from the home. Especially in certain group of people in America, more than 60% of people live in a broken home. Therefore, the issue of the family is a serious issue in America. All the problems in this society come from the problem at home. Majority of the problem, whether crime or corruption or pornography, all these things come from the problem at home. This is why 
we as a church we need to teach our member how to build a happy family. If we have broken families, the society will be broken because the church and the society is composed of many families. If we have a lot of broken families in this church, we're gonna have a broken church, and then we're gonna have a broken impact on the society. Because the church should impact society, and we don't want to have a broken church. We want to have a happy, blessed, and successful church, a victorious church in the end time. The issue of the family is very critical, and the breakdown of the families is the most critical problem in America right now, because there are so many divorces and broken family in the U.S. Teachers in the school. Have to act like parents for many many students because they came from broken homes. That's why we see so many problem in this society. So many children have problem with their study because of their concern and their burdens at home. They could not focus and they have academic problems. The police department has to be an ultimate disciplinary agent. For the generation of undisciplined young people, particularly teenagers, because of the absence of discipline at home, parents never spank their kids or give advice to their kids or teach their kids the right way. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no way around this issue. We need to fix the family in this society, and the teaching of the Bible is the key to help the family in this society. Many of you, I don't need to give a lot of illustration. Many of you, I don't have to give you statistic because you were growing up in that situation. You grew up in a single parent home. You grew up seeing your parents fighting each other, quarrel with each other all the time. And some of you don't even have the privilege to call somebody dad because you never seen your dad before. Your dad left you when you were young. Therefore, I would like to teach about family off and on in the church to make sure that we don't have broken families here. Some of you are the first-generation Christian. You came to the church with a lot of baggages, like me. I'm a first-generation Christian, and I came to church with a lot of baggages in my life, a lot of problems from my broken homes, my the broken family of my parents. So I have to fix a lot of problem in my life. But some of you. Have been a Christian here, and your goal is to stop that problem happen to your kids. So you want to raise your kids in a godly home, so that your kids will not build a broken family again, but they will have a happy family because you raise your kids in a godly way. There are three sources normally of the people out there not in the church. People out there outside the church receive informations and teachings and inf- and all the input from three sources. Number one, from the family that they grew up in. If you grew up in a messed up family, you're gonna have a messed up idea about family. For example, if your dad is very irresponsible, drug addict, very short tempered and abusive man. And you are a son. You may grow up to be abusive and to be irresponsible. 
if your dad like to smoke all the time you may grow up smoking as well or you may do the same thing to your wife because you see how your dad treat your mother or if you are a lady you grow up with a very messed up dad you would have two options number one marry the same kind of man who is very abusive because you get used to abusive home so you're looking for a irresponsible man who doesn't want to work who just want to play around play game all day long or love to go drink and smoke or on the opposite way you may hate all the men in the world you say that men are not good because i see the example of my dad you can see that what you learn in your family will impact you long term and some of us grow up in a very messed up home you will have wrong image of god as well because you see your dad mess up then you think that our god is a messed up god which is not true our god is a perfect god whatever you see in your home it will impact your world view your perspective your practice your attitudes the tone of your life in the future in your family you can have a wrong view of the husband and the wife if you grow up with a messed up dad and messed up mom because that's how you grow up and you learn from you learn from the good and the bad from your home that's why it's so important to be in a good local church to have a good uncle and auntie in the church who are being more mature and can set good example to you as a big family in the church that's the first one that you learn from your family that you grew up in the second thing that you learn from is from your own friends a lot of us have friend who don't know god and they will tell you what to do according to their own philosophy they don't know the bible and they tell you what to do why they do that and they may say to you they may tell husband in this room as friend oh you don't need to go home you're the head of the household you just go and drink and have fun outside you don't have to go home to be with your wife you can control her she's just under your feet and that is a wrong advice or another advice is just give it up just divorce him as soon as possible instead of telling you to be patient to pray and to give him second chance third chance and wait for god to do something is a wrong advice from the friend they may suggest you to do something that is not biblical so we have to be careful listening to our friends outside the church and number three, the third information that you learn about family is from all the medias if you watch all the movie and the tv program today you can see that the breakdown of families is a norm in the media shows the medias give us very broken view of the family or it give unrealistic picture of the family i give you example unrealistic view of the family a woman wakes up in the morning with her hair all well done is that a realistic picture of a family no you're going to see your wife wake up without makeup and the hair messy and then you say wow i don't know she is like that when we were dating so you learn how to love her no matter she has a makeup on her face or not or you can see 
unrealistic picture of a family that a woman can handle all the sophisticating in the home without frustration and without being upset. But in reality, woman has some threshold that if you give her too much pressure, she may blow up one day. And that is a realistic thing in the family. And you need to learn how to cope with that. Amen? And there are so many unrealistic or wrong view of the family out there. Today, we are taught and we are trained to protect ourselves. Therefore, many couples practice prenuptial agreement. The reason people have prenuptial agreement is the idea of we're going to divorce one day. Because we're going to divorce one day, let's get the hassle and all the headache out of our picture now by signing an agreement that this is my property, this is your property, and when we get divorced, we should not have to fight about properties. When I am in the operating room, I listen to all the doctors talking, and they give a lot of ideas. One doctor told me he married the second time. He said, happy wife, happy life. Two wives, work to life. Three wives, there is no life. The reason he said two wives work to life because when he got divorced, he lost all of his 401k and everything to his ex-wife. So he has to start all over again. And he told me that he's going to work until he may be 80 years old to be able to survive financially. He's going to have to bring in the walker into the operating room. That's what he said to me. And some people have the, another idea. Don't get married. Don't sign certificate of marriage. Because in this way, we can have some distance. If we one day split, I don't need to give money to you, and you don't need to give money to me. We're going to split, and we have our own property. So don't get married. All the days of our life, we just stay together until we die. That is another idea. A few weeks ago, I walk into the locker room in the operating room at Evergreen Hospital. And one of the surgeons told me, Dr. Lau, never get divorced. I just got divorced. I lost everything. According to the law of the Washington State. Never get divorced. Oh, so painful, he says. <laughs> I never plan to divorce anyway. So he told the wrong person. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you can see here that a lot of ideas out there about family. I'm going to preach biblical principle. We're going to shoot for the ideal. Even though we may not be in the ideal yet. Even though we may have a lot of broken families, broken life, broken soul in the church. But we're going to have to shoot for the ideal. And I want to say ahead of time to apologize and ask for forgiveness. If I say something that makes you feel bad, a lot of times people choose to go to the church where they feel good when they listen to the sermon. They go to one church, oh, I feel bad, I listen to this sermon. I'm going to find another church. I'm going to keep looking for the church that when I listen to the teaching, I'm going to feel good. If you think that way, you are in the wrong place. Because when you hear the word of God, sometimes you feel bad. 
I'm gonna ask for your apology ahead of time because I may say something that make you feel uncomfortable. For example, I may talk about divorce, and you plan to divorce in your heart right now, and you feel bad about it. Or I may talk about marrying a very committed Christian, and then you feel bad because you plan to date that guy who doesn't go to church and doesn't commit to God, and you feel bad about it. Or I may say something that make you feel bad because you may feel that I condemned you that you are such a boy and you're not a man of God because the way you behave all these years. Instead of fighting with me or getting mad at me, you should repent and change, and not get mad at me. <laughs> Some of you may feel bad. Some of the women in this room may feel bad because your goal is to climb up the corporate ladder instead of taking care of your homes and leave your home in a mess. And the children have no one to take care. So please forgive me. I don't want to catch you by the surprise, but I'm g o i n g to say it anyway, whether you like it or not. Amen. So today we're g o i n g to look at verses one and two. The Bible in Psalm 128 starts from general, but if you read verses three to six, actually the context of this passage is about the family. But we're g o i n g to look at verses one and two first. A song of essence. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His way. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. And after that, in verse three, the psalmist start talking about the family. So the first principle that we want to build a happy family, successful family, is that the Christian family begins with the personal commitment to God. The Bible say, "Blessed are all who fear the Lord. Take God seriously. We need to have a personal commitment with God. Before we talk about family unit, we need to talk about people who make up of the family, the members of the family. In order to have a happy family, we need to have happy members of the family. In order to have Miserable family. We need to have miserable people in the family. When we talk about miserable home, we don't talk about the bricks of the home is miserable, or the furniture is miserable. We talk about people. So if the people or the members of the family are miserable, I can guarantee the family will be miserable. We need to have happy people in the happy family. And how can we have happy people? The only answer is to connect with God. Without God, I can guarantee, no matter how much money you have, no matter how big a house you have, you will not be a happy person. You need to have the right man to have the right family. You need to have the right woman to have the right family. You need to have the right man and the right woman to have the right children. In the family, and you cannot be a right man and a right woman without having the right relationship with God. You need to get right with God in order to be a happy family. 
In other words, you need to be God-centered people. And if you are happy, you are so full of the joy of the Lord. You're so full of faith and love of the Holy Spirit. Then that love and joy will rub off onto other members of the family, and they all will be happy because you are the man of God who is full of the Holy Spirit and practice the Word of God. If you are Mr. Miserable, you will create a miserable home. And the miserable husband and miserable wife will create miserable children. And the miserable children and miserable family will create miserable society. That's why you see a lot of long faces walking around in the society because they come from miserable homes. The way to fix the family is to start with your personal life with God. Amen? You need to become the right man and the right woman. Your life needs to be connected to God. Your life needs to walk in the light of the Word of God and fill with the Holy Spirit. And then your family shall be blessed. Psalm 128 Talk about the family. Start with your own personal commitment with God. Everyone say, take God seriously. The fear of the Lord means to take God seriously. To take Him more seriously and you fear God. What does it mean to fear God? It means that you hold the Lord in awe and hate sin. The definition of the fear of the Lord is to stand in awe before the Lord and to hate sin and love righteousness. And if you can do that, you will be happy people. You will hate sin and love righteousness. I remember when I was a young man, a young boy, about five years old. When we make mistakes, when I and my brothers make some mistake, my father will call us in and give us a session. He said, this is what you did wrong. I remember the picture. He tied my brother on a pole and he pulled out a rod and hit my brother three times. Pam. And I was so scared when I saw that. And he asked us, me and my brother, will you do this again? And we said, no. <laughs> I never saw my brothers got spanked for the same reason again. Why did my dad do that to us? Because my dad wanted to teach us a lesson that we need to take his instruction seriously. That is the fear of the Lord. We take God's instruction seriously. We obey the teaching in the Bible. If we don't fear the Lord as an individual, our lack of the fear of the Lord would show up in our family. And then the whole family will suffer because we begin to do a lot of sinful things in the family. Amen? I want to compare. Actually, the Bible says, Jesus is the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness. God is the Son, S-U-N. Yes, He is the Son, S-O-N, too. He's the Son of righteousness, and we are the planet. And in order for the planet to survive and to do well, the planet have to circle around the Son at the right distance. If the planet threw off out of the solar system, all the living things in the planet will die. We need the sun. How the planet circle around as an orbit 
the sun in the right way, the planet need to be in the gravitational pull of the sun all the time. If the planet ran out of its own way, it's gonna blow up and has problem. All the living things gonna die. The same thing. We need to circle our life around God, the Son of Righteousness, so that we can have life in our family. As long as He is our Son, S U N Son, with healing on His wing, we will be healthy and happy family. Amen. How many people want to be that planet in the solar system? I want to be that planet in the solar system. I want to have my orbit right in the eyes of God all the time around Him. He is the center of my life. As long as He is the center of my life, everything gonna be fine. My family gonna be full of life. The sunshine, the life, gonna come into my life. If we get out our own way, we do our own things without following God, we're gonna get into trouble. Happiness does not come from a vacation or a cruise or a big home, a nice car, a new car. People who have big house with three car garage, four bedrooms, may not be happy. Actually, you can live in a small apartment and live in anywhere in the world, but you're still happy if you have God as the center of your life. Materials and money will not give you happiness. Only God can give you happiness. Amen? Happiness comes because a person is in the gravitational pool of the sun or of God all the time, all the days of your life. Let's look at verse 2. If you are that man who fear the Lord, what happened to you? I read from another version. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. That is another translation. The New King James translation say, you will eat the fruit of your labor, blessings and prosperity will be yours. Three things will happen to your life, and that will impact your family if you are the man who fears the Lord. That you don't want to sin against God. You want to have God as the center of your life. You want to obey His word. You want to practice His way. You want the Holy Spirit to fill you. You want to walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Number one, God will take care of your fortune. The work of your hand will be blessed. Everything you touch will be blessed. Number two, God will take care of your feeling. You will be happy people. Number three, God will take care of your future. You will do well all the days of your life. That's what the Bible says. Prosperity means the future. You're going to be prosperous. God is going to bless you, everything you do. And this is the promise of God. If you're committed to God, if God is the center of your life, God will guarantee your future. God will guarantee your work. And God will guarantee your feeling. You will be happy people, successful family, prosperity and blessing will be in your home. A lot of people have this habit to blame other people all the time. They say that, oh, my family has a problem because my husband has a problem. My wife has a problem. My kids have the problem. Instead of blaming other people, why don't you look at yourself first? And start to commit to God first yourself. Happiness in the family starts with you. That you commit your life to God first. And do the right thing in His eyes. Amen? You are focused on the Lord. Camera is a wonderful equipment. 
you can be very good photographer, but if your camera has problem with the focus, then you will never have any good picture. I just faced that problem last week. I dropped a lens on the floor last week, and when I put the lens back on my camera, this is a video camera, and I try to shoot the picture, all the picture all blur. So I have to throw that lens away. There's no way to fix it. The focus is off in that video camera. Then you cannot get the good picture. What do I mean here? We need to have the right focus in order to have happiness in our home, and that focus should be God. We should have the right focus, and that is God. God should be our focus all the time. God should be the center of our home all the time. Everything we do, we should ask God: Is this Your will? Is this Your way? Or you're going to do your own way? Every decision you make, every word you say, you should ask God: Is this God's will? Is this what the Bible say? Or this is my way or my sinful way? Or I cannot follow God? Is God my focus, or something else is my focus? If the camera has good focus, it will take care of the rest. But if the camera has bad focus, no matter what you do. The picture will come out bad. The same thing. If God is your focus, God guarantee you everything gonna come out good. He gonna bless you with blessings, prosperity, and the work of your hand. Amen. Why so many divorces happen in society? Don't take me wrong. I don't condemn those people who divorce, because I realize now that humans are weak. I read about Muhammad Ali. How many people know Muhammad Ali? Muhammad Ali is a very famous boxer. One time he was in the airplane, and the steward came to him and asked him, "Could you put the seat belt on?" Muhammad Ali said, "No, I don't need the seat belt. I'm a superman." And the steward said, "The superman will not need an airplane. Please put the seat belt on." <laughs> Sometimes we think too highly of ourselves than we ought to. Many times we depend on our own strength to build a family. Many times we think that we can make it by our own ability and our own power. I want to tell you, there is no easy marriage. Two person come together, especially mixed marriage, American and uh, Mexican. Or Chinese and Thai. Chinese like to eat noodles. Thai may want to eat sticky rice. It's not easy. All the marriages are not easy. Therefore, we need God's staying power to keep the marriage together. Without God as a center of marriage, the chance of divorce is very high. That's why it happened fifty percent in America, and even higher. And 50% not only outside in the church too. Statistically, people divorce in the church as well. We need God to give us power to be able to resolve the problem in marriage, to be able to join two together to become one. We cannot do by our own strength. We are not Superman. We need the pilot in the airplane, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to root ourselves in God. We need to be 
close to God, we need to be the man who fear the Lord. Amen. If you want to have your marriage stay all the days of your life, we need God. Let me continue a little bit more, and then we'll continue next time. Let's look at verse three. Verse three says, "Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table." It's interesting. The Bible says, "Your wife, not somebody else's wife." It's interesting. God says, "Your wife." What it means is that verses one and two talk to man. That's why he say, "Your wife." God always deal with the man first. God deals with the husband first. God deals with the head first. God gonna have to deal with me as a pastor of the church first before he deal with you. Because if I'm a crooked pastor, the whole church gonna suffer. If I'm a very ungodly leader, the whole church gonna suffer. So he need to deal with the leadership. And husband is the leader, so God talk to the husband first. Shape up, fear the Lord, choose God first, and then the rest will come. Then your wife will be happy. All oh, the husbands say, "Amen." God want to talk to the husband first. You need to be a man of God. You need to fear God. You need to be connected to God. You need to serve God. You need to love God with all your heart. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to know the Word and practice the Word of God. It's the man' responsibility to make the tone or atmosphere in the house. The first principle: the Christian family must start from personal commitment with God. The second principle: a Christian family is developed within. Proper godly atmosphere, and who make that atmosphere? The husband. The husband need to set the tone or the atmosphere of the house. The husband must be godly. I want to talk to the all the single in this room one more time, especially single women. Don't look at the handsomeness, nice car. Don't listen to the sweet word, honey. You look so beautiful. My baby, don't look at those things only. I mean, it's nice to be loving and and very kind to each other. Thing, but look at the quality. The man need to choose God first. The man need to be stable enough for you to cling on. The man need to go to church, take the family to church. The man need to read the Bible, listen to the CD. Practice what they learn from God. If you don't choose the man who fear God, you have to have to prepare a lot of handkerchief or napkin later on, because you have to cry more. Choose the right man. Look at his parents. Is he playing game all day long? Does he smoke? Shoot drugs? Is he responsible? Does he give hand to people when a woman carry a lot of stuff into the house? Does he say offer? Can I help you carry? Or he just sit and play game and let let them carry stuff. The house is in a mess, and he never help, never help anybody to clean the house. If you choose that kind of man, you're gonna suffer. You need to marry a man that fear the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Everyone say, the man make the tones in the house. The atmosphere. 
That is why Satan goes after the man first. He went after Adam. After Adam got married with Eve, he went after Adam. He wants to destroy the man. He knows how to get the man stop being a man. He knows how to get the men out of the houses, divorce and walk away. He knows how to make a man to be baby makers, but not children lover, a father and a husband. Just love to make baby and walk away. It's so sad to hear the news that a man makes somebody pregnant and then walk away. I have I have very holy anger when I heard that. But I cannot use my third degree taekwondo black belt. I can only pray for those men. It's very irresponsible to walk away from the woman just making the baby. He knows how to make the man not committed and irresponsible. And the whole family suffer. The Bible says, if you are the man of God, your wife will be like the fruitful vine. And your children will be like olive. Let me explain a little bit about fruitful vine. God used these analogies to help us understand how the family works. The vine has three characteristics. The vine always clings. The vine always takes a hold of something and attach to it and it will cling to it. The wife likes to put the branches out, wrap around the husband and want to cling to the husband. The problem is that if the husband is not around to be cling to, the wife will suffer. The husband needs to be around. Not only that, the husband needs to be stable. If the husband is like this kind of wall, shaking wall, or the pole that is moving like this all the time, the vine cannot cling on and the vine cannot grow. So the husband needs to be a stable man, the man of God, who's stable enough for the vine to cling to and grow. You see the picture? So the man needs to be stable. The woman needs to cling, needs to wrap the branches around the husband, be around and love the husband so that the husband will feel the love from the wife feel the commitment from the wife. And then, when that happened, the clinking and the attaching, the cleaving together to become one happened, then the wife will start to grow and flourish and become fruitful wife. That's why the Bible says, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. It's talking about clinking and cleaving together so that the family will be happy. And when both of them do their job, the husband is stable, poor, and the wife clings, then you will have a happy family. The husband is stable enough, then the wife will be sold out for the husband. And if the wife clings to the husband, the husband will be sold out to the wife. And then you begin to have a happy family. Amen? You see the picture now. The second thing, the vine loves to climb. Not only to cling, but to climb and spread all over to cover the whole wall, to cover the whole frames or the pole. The wife will grow when the husband is around for her to climb and to cling. She grows. She develops her strength, her personality, her abilities, her skill, her faith 
because the husband is around to lead her to the godly way. But if the wife has nothing to cling on, the wife cannot grow, cannot climb, cannot expand. You need each other. If you want to hear the second part, please come back next Sunday. Okay, what we learned today? Number one, the family issue is important, is critical. Number two, we need to build godly families, godly homes, so that the church will be strong and the society will be impacted in the right way. Three, we need to learn the ideal in the Bible. The ideal say that the Christian family start from the personal. Everyone say personal. In you, yourself. Don't point finger to other people. You yourself must have a commitment to God. You need to fear the Lord, hate sin, and stand in awe before the Lord. Amen. And the Bible say it starts from the man, the husband. The husband must be the man of God. Yesterday, I talked to Paul. We have a short session. I've talked to Paul. Paul, right now, you focus on. Education and focus on being a man of God. What I mean to him is that if you are the man of God, eventually God gonna send you a godly woman. But if you are goofy, not responsible, you're gonna face a goofy woman. <laughs> so the key is to fix yourself first to be a godly man. And then all the godly women gonna come around Paul and say, "Can you become my boyfriend? Can you marry me?" Because all these godly women look at him and say, "Oh, I like this man. He's responsible. He loves God. He fears God. So fix yourself first, Paul. Lao ha prasit. Fix yourself first. Personal relationship with God. That's what I talked to him yesterday." And he nod his head. Yes, that. Yes, that. Amen. Next time you're gonna learn more. <laughs> Next Sunday we're gonna learn. We continue Psalm 128. Next Sunday, don't run away all the men in this room. If you disappear, I gonna remember who came today. If you disappear next Sunday, you're gonna get CD sent to your home. And I gonna ask you the question: What you learn from that CD? <laughs> Cannot run away. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. I wonder anyone in this room don't have any personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The answer to your life is to come to know God and have a personal relationship with God. Your education will not help you. Your money will not help you to have a fulfilled life. Fulfillment in your life come from. Returning to have a relationship with the Lord. If you don't know Jesus, I'd like to encourage you to invite Jesus into your heart and become a follower of the Son of the Living God. Born again, repent of your sin and follow the Lord. That is the key: repentance and following the Lord. How many people in this room say, "I want to follow the Lord"? Raise your hand up. I want to follow the Lord. Why don't you keep your hand up and pray with me? Father in heaven, I want to walk in the fear of God. I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior all the days of my life. 
I want to have a personal relationship with you, Jesus. I want to rededicate my relationship with you. I commit myself to you. You are my son, S-U-N. I am your planet. I will circle around you. You are my focus. I hate sin, and I stand in awe before you. O oh Lord, build my home, build my life. I believe in your promise, Jesus. As I repent of my sin and obey your word, follow your way. You will bless the work of my hand. I shall be happy. I shall be prosperous. I will do well all the days of my life, and I have salvation. Oh Lord, thank you for your promise that you take care of my fortune, you take care of my feelings, and you take care of my future. Thank you, Lord, for dying for me. Shedding the blood on the cross to save me. Build this church. Build my family. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name.